Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. Breathing is so important, isn't it, Adrian? Yeah, anyway. my microphone has just been unmuted. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is important to keep breathing, even under the mask. It's important. Yes. Uh, is it just me, or do you find that uh, I get a little dizzy sometimes because I'm breathing my own carbon dioxide, that's and that's right. not healthy, they say. How, well, how long can we go on doing that, you know? Well, it's not as though you have to wear it if you're on the street alone. Or you have, you know, do you That's find true. yourself alone on the street? But a lot of these um, um, merchants and employees who have to wear yes, you must eight-hour shift, you know? Yeah. Now, I've, I've got employees, and, and I watch through the videos, They'll take it off, you know, when no one's in the store to, to breathe, <laughs> take a little break. But anyway, let's get back to the show here. Well, uh, no, I mean, COVID is important. It is important. Yeah. But, but you I, want I this just to want to be... tell everybody about what, what a great show we have and that it's just oh, you well, and me, yes. Adrian and Dave, Dave and Adrian, and we're going to just uh, have some caregiver coffee talk, you know. Remember that Saturday shoot Night the breeze. <laughs> And so we are coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 35, I think it is now, global and audio platforms all around the world, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, HealthyLife.net, Vimeo, and must I go on? No, I'll just stop right there. But there are many more. And we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com, as well as number three podcasts out of thousands of caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. And we do have an exciting show. Anytime you and I are, are talking, <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking, I'm going yeah. to New York now. Because I was born in Brooklyn. I could talk like that legally. You can talk. Yeah. You can talk like Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Baba Wawa. And, no. Um, no, what? I mean, no. No, that's not Baba Wawa. <laughs> what is it then? Barbara. It's only oh. one Barbara. And she's still around, right? B-A-R-B-R-A. I can never remember who has Barbara died. Streisand, you can't remember? Listen to me. I'm <laughs> saying I can never remember at my age, if someone is alive or dead. Well, so those watching... two Barbaras are alive. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. I was watching, uh, they were doing this uh, Back to the Future, one, two, three, four. Yeah. I was watching them again, and there were so many parts of that movie that I forgot. It was just a, such a great movie. It Michael is. J. Fox. And then I got concerned. I said, oh, my God, why are they playing all of these? Did Michael J. Fox die? Like, no, I, I didn't know. I had to Google it. And <laughs> apparently he did die in 2018, but then it was a hoax. Um, you know, you don't even know if someone dies anymore because um, <laughs> you don't know if, if media or Google is telling us the truth. Well, enough of that. That's social media. 
Yes. But we, wanna... we are um, indebted to social media as well. We are indebted mm -hmm. to social media. Why, why is that, by the way? Why are well, we indebted to social media? you're going out on Facebook media? Live, Oh, you well, not? of course. <laughs> you mean you and I are personally indebted yes. to Facebook? To social media because we're yes. using it the way it was meant to be used. That's correct. We're, we're giving important information. It's not disinformation. It's not fake news. It's not. It's not the controversial stuff. We're reaching out to caregivers and to anyone else who who wants to listen. Because let's face it, everyone, in my opinion, is going to be a caregiver sooner or later, at one time or another, because that's just the way it is. You know, uh, one fall from your mother or your wife and boom instantly you are a caregiver or your child well children fall too <laughs> <laughs> i know small children fall but um uh, you know i fell the other day uh yesterday you actually off your bike no I w i'm not on my bike yet because i still have this big clunky boot on it's got oh, all these right. straps and everything and so i went out to the back to throw out some trash and I've got this little cage thing that blocks the door so that raccoons can't come through the the doggy door. Right. And and it, there's it caught my the little strap on my foot, and I turned and I went down. And fortunately, it didn't damage, you know, my ankle or wow. anything like that. Everything was yeah. protected. But you know, it hit me in the rib, and and uh, I'm I'm almost 67, and it's like. I can still get up when I fall, but it's getting harder and harder. You know, I got to turn over first. I got to do it in stages. Get on all fours, then throw one leg up so that one foot is on flat on the floor. Push mm -hmm. myself up so that the other foot's up on the floor. Push up like I'm doing a, a push, push up, and up. then get up that way. And I'm thinking to myself, "Gosh, is this going to continue to get harder and harder?" Because my wife. You know, right after she had her stroke, they taught her how to get up, and she could, you know, mm -hmm. pull herself up on something, but she can't do it anymore. You know, it's, it's, you know, we used to make fun of that commercial. Oh, I've fallen and I can't get up. And now it's like, <laughs> it's funny. <clears throat> First of all, I, very shortly after Steve died, um, I fell in my closet and I realized that no one, I was nowhere near a phone, um, no one would know if I was alive or dead, <laughs> and I well, wouldn't be scary. able to call for help. So I got, you know, I've, the, I've fallen and I can't get up kind of devices. And I, ha I have yet to use them. I've paid for them now for nine years. <laughs> the, the I think we were in Fire Island when Eddie came running in because he heard the woman on the commercial going, I've fallen and I can't get up, <laughs> and he thought it was me. <laughs> he thought that I'd fallen. So, yes, it's universal. We all fall. So um, everyone should know, I've, I've told them like a million times, that I have a book coming out. It's going to be, um, I'm shooting for the end of this year, but, you know, a lot of things are out of my control because right now um, the book is finally finished. We finally got all the copy editing done. 
now they're beginning the um, the proof editing, you know, for all the typos and the mistakes and the grammatical errors, et cetera, punctuation. And that should be done in less than a week. And then um, so we've got – we'll be in December 1st. We'll have a month, to, and it's a holiday month, to get it um, – uh, get a graphic designer to lay it out, you know, so that it, of how it's supposed to look in the book, all the internal pages. And I've still got to finish the back cover and get some people to write some stuff. And you already agreed to write uh, – <laughs> I sent you a copy, so you're going to read it. And yes. you're going to leave, uh, leave a very honest review, and uh, I'm trying Which to get. Which you may a, not want to put on the back cover. I yeah, well, read it depends it on how honest it is. Is how <laughs> if you make the back oh. cover. And then I'm trying to find one of the many celebrities that I know that will write because I got Dean Cain to do the last one, but I can't. I can't ask him to do it again. That's like, gosh, is that the only guy he knows? Um, but a lot of these people, even though they know me, and and. Uh, they're just so hard to get a hold of. They're just so yep. busy. And, um, uh, you know, Dr. Mark Siegel, he was supposed to be on the show three months ago, and finally we agreed on a date in December. But, you know, you never know till they come around and if they show up or not because they're just so darn busy. He's on TV every single day. Uh, oh, yeah, I, on the last book I tried to get um, uh, the First Lady. Um, Rosalind? Why can't I think of her name? Yes, Rosalind Carter, yes. And they told me they were very nice, but they told me, oh, she would have done it like a year or two ago, but uh, we just have to protect her. She's a national treasure, and she's not allowed to do anything like that anymore. Just doesn't have time to read, you know, your book and this and that. It's harder okay. for her. It is. So if you know I mean, somebody, I, you, you know I, everybody. Me? Yeah. I don't think you want... My friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my book's been cleaned up. It's it's sanitized. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and if they miss something, you know, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll catch it. <laughs> right? We don't want to offend anybody with our views or anything like that. It's strictly uh, well. This this book is not just for caregivers. It's for caregivers and everybody else because uh, you know we can't just ration wisdom only to caregivers, if we ration our wisdom to everybody, then caregivers are covered because before you were a caregiver, you were just a normal person, right? Just living life, right? What was that song by that Sinatra used to sing? Um, and then bam, wham, bam, alakazam, you know, something <laughs> happened. I can't remember the words. But uh, yeah, we just we just got hit on our on our butt, and um, we've been, we've never been the same since. <laughs> uh, you know, I do a celebrity uh, show with um, Neil Haley, celebrity, and I'm known as Caregiver Dave. It's the Caregiver Dave celebrity segment, and and I ask every celebrity at the end of the show, you know, the caregiver question. I I tell him, you know, I've been a caregiver for 24 years. Uh, I was just a normal person. My wife complains about this headache when we're in our, our emptiness phase of life. And, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the grief process, we almost broke up, but we hung in there. And, and uh, 
everyone is going to eventually become a caregiver. Tell me your caregiver story, or if you are concerned about a caregiver story that you see coming on the horizon, and every single one of them starts opening up. You know, before they're just talking about their career sure. or their book or this or that. All of a sudden, you know, many of them get tearful. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. You know, my mother's going through this, or, or you know, my my brother uh, committed suicide, and and some great great stories. I've done over a yep. hundred of them so far, and I. And Neil says you got to write a book about uh, you know these these ca uh, celebrity caregivers, and it's a great book. I just have to you listen to all the interviews. But you have to no, get they're public. You, you told me this last time, and I told you, <laughs> but they're on public radio, uh, and so it's fa it's fair game. They've already Did kind they of they sign releases when it they don't came. Have to, they don't have to sign releases because they were on public airwaves and so i'm just merely trans uh what does he call them transposing trans trans transferring yeah there's a better word but i can't think of. i think it's transpose no it's not transpose. you're transferring transferring video to writing yeah yeah and so that's what i did with the uh hammock wisdom book but uh, there a lot of editing because but Apparently your, the way the way I were speak. They were your own words. Yeah, they were my own words, but you know, and you're supposed to write in your own words. But nah, it's just a lot of work to get your words into written form so that exactly. they, they are there and proper and are perfect for all eternity. Uh, because apparently, I, I thought I spoke pretty good, but apparently I don't. Well, speaking is one thing. The filler Writing words, it is you know, another. Yeah. I mean, when you write a speech, you really have to. It has to sound like you're it. saying it. You have to read the speech out loud yeah. to see if it sounds right. Like and that's the way what I do talk. several times. And anytime you change something, you got to go to the sentence before because now it may not flow because maybe you used the same word in that sentence. And the brain is really smart. Sure. If you use the same word in the sentence before, it's like, uh-oh, danger, Will Robinson. He just said that word, you know. And it's yeah, like, exactly. Weird stuff. But I'm getting better, you know. I used to suck, and now um, I'm really getting better because the people who um, edit my work say, wow, I uh, not as many edits that you needed as last time. <laughs> right. You're getting better. So let's talk about my book real fast here because, you know, uh, I guess I'm kind of bragging, but I'm marketing. I'm not bragging. You're you marketing. Have a book out? Everyone on The Tonight Show, did you know, is there because they they just wrote a book or they just did a show or they're just – That's not the way know. it started. Yeah. Well, didn't you – at first, for, for years and years – And they pay to be on the show now, right? For years, No. I heard they paid. They still get minimum, hmm. but but because um, it's still entertainment, they still have to have a certain right. amount of entertainment. That's true. But there was a time when it was purely entertainment. Yeah, those were the days, Johnny, and before Johnny, Steve Allen, and Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Who was before Steve Allen, or was anybody before Steve Allen? Um, Jack Parr. Jack Parr, yeah. Nobody knows that except us old geezers, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not an old geezer. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a very quick book to read. This is about, uh, 
I don't know, about 140 pages when you get it in book form. But it's six chapters. And chapter one, well, first of all, the title is Dave's Hammock Wisdom, Uncommon Sense for Uncommon Times. That's kind of self-explanatory because there is no common sense anymore in the world. You turn on the TV and you just hear craziness, insanity. Madness. Madness, yes. And all the other synonyms that go with all those words. So, and we certainly are in uncommon times. I mean, I yes. I thought I've seen everything, but this 2020, oh my God, this is the yeah. first year <laughs> that I have ever said, I wish this year never happened. <laughs> when did you start writing years. this book? Say it again? When did you start writing this book? I started writing it in 2019, January. Before, but the videos have been out for a long time, so this is yes, almost Yes, but before, before the craziness started. It was before the craziness, but I didn't have this, this title. I had a million no. subtitles, you know, but uh, it finally, it's like the, the roulette wheel and the ball just going round <laughs> and round. And finally, the around. ball lands. Finally. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so let me tell you each of the six chapters' names because it's different kinds of wisdom. There's mental wisdom and there's emotional wisdom and there's physical wisdom and there's relational wisdom and financial wisdom and spiritual wisdom and really those are all the 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 aspects of humanity you know when you have goals you should make uh, goals you know for your mind you know jigsaw puzzles to keep your mind sharp you should make goals to keep your body uh, in shape physical goals and emotional goals, you know, or are you ruling your life too much from your emotions and less from uh, logic? It needs to be a 50-50. I actually say logic should have 51% of the vote and your heart should have 49%. The The logic should always win out. Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble. Um, what else? Relational wisdom uh, and relational goals, you know, goals about you know, your relationship with your wife and your kids, are you seeing them enough, you know, are you neglecting them? And uh, financial goals, of course, uh, failing to plan is fa uh, planning to fail and so on. And then everyone neglects this last one, spiritual goals, right? Uh, you don't have to be religious to have spiritual goals. Um, the body, Not at all. You know, man is a spiritual being. You know, he needs uh, that that metaphysical or that uh, supernatural aspect of him because um, the world is not enough. You know, he needs more. He needs a spiritual side to him. You agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, even in, And you're not a religious person. I'm so, not yeah. a, well, I'm, but I'm a spiritual, a spiritual person, person and I'm, I'm observant because of yeah. my Define the spiritual. that I grew up with. Define being but, a spiritual person. What is a spiritual person? Oh, in for your me, definition, yeah. For me, it's ethics and morality and um, kindness and peace and serenity and those things. So it's, it's good and evil. Ethereal, good and evil. Good and stuff. evil is spiritual, isn't it? Because yeah. the Bible talks about the devil and God and heaven and yeah. hell and and right it's, and wrong and the Ten Commandments. Yeah. All right, so uh, I'll read um, something from one of these chapters, or more, because we got an hour to kill here. So uh, which one should I start with out of all the six that I mentioned? I'll let you uh, pick the, uh, the roulette wheel. 
Well, you know the both. I'd say emotional. All right, let's start with emotional. So here's here's especially the, in difficult times. So I've got uh, nine um, nine little subchapters in emotions. Uh, one is unplug your addictions, don't stress, be uncomfortable, just have some fun. Life is like swimming in the ocean. Enjoy the seasons. Be happy. Don't worry. On <laughs> swimming with the sharks or do something outrageous. Which one of those caught your fancy? I'll try to read something from it. What was the fourth one? Uh, unplug your addictions. Don't stress. Be uncomfortable. Just have be some fun. Be uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable. That's a good one. So let me go to that one. That's chapter two, sub two. Oops. Be uncomfortable. Okay. And I'll just read this. It's human nature for a person to avoid doing anything that is difficult or that requires a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. However, if a person is very motivated about something they really believe in, then they will usually overcome that human urge to be comfortable and will go on to achieve the thing that they want so badly. We humans are made to always be growing and moving forward. If we are not moving forward, then we are stagnating. When in this state of mind, people may typically become lazy, unmotivated, or even depressed. They may exhibit symptoms like staying in bed all day, hiding under the covers, eating junk food, gaining weight, or in extreme cases, becoming too afraid to even go outside and face the new day. They may worry about any number of scary things they fear that might come upon them. Get uncomfortable. In fact, get used to being uncomfortable. Put yourself in positions that will make you feel a little pain. <laughs> Sit on a tack or something. Oh, I'm kidding, of course. But seriously, do things you wouldn't normally do. Instead of parking in the closest spot next to the supermarket, park as far from the building as you can. Walk those extra steps to be a little less comfortable and a little healthier. Introduce yourself to the person waiting next to you in line. Instead of taking the elevator, use the stairs. Get used to these new habits so that when opportunity knocks, it'll be easier for you to answer those uncomfortable calls to a new destiny. Then you will hear yourself gladly saying, sure, I can do that. I like to describe my life as God opening the doors of opportunity. I just have to walk through them if I want what's on the other side. But it's walking through the open door that's the tough part. You know what they say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it? I have a lot of friends that should be a lot further along than their lives, in their lives, with their lives, it says. I have a lot of friends that should be a lot further along with their lives than they are, but they won't drink the water. It's right there. All they have to do is put their mouth in and drink, but they won't do it. Why won't they do it? I don't know. Variety of reasons, perhaps. Everyone knows about the fear of failure, but there's also a fear of success that not as many of us are aware of. People who just achieved a coveted goal may think to themselves, oh my gosh, I'm actually successful with this new opportunity. But what will be the next thing that I will have to do to maintain the success? Then they let the fear of success hold them back from fulfilling their potential. I remember uh, asking myself very early in my career, gosh, 
if I start speaking all over the country, how will I ever been, be able to manage my current responsibilities? I run at a gas station. I'm a caregiver to my wife. I produce my own syndicated radio show. I write books and maintain my website. I volunteer at my church. I was concerned that public speaking just might be an unrealistic dream of mine that would never work out. Maybe it would be even irresponsible of me to do all this with all my other responsibilities. I tried to talk myself out of it. I tried to sabotage myself. <laughs> Thank God I didn't. Even though I didn't have all the answers to my questions, I realized I don't have to possess all the answers. God will make it all happen at the right time, if it's supposed to be, and he has, many, and he has many, many times. I don't even know how, how I was able to do it all. It seems like a dream looking back. I'm still the same person, yet it has changed me. I didn't know how I had the time or the ability to appear and speak at all those different venues, but somehow I did it. I knew who I was and what I was like, but now I am a better version of that person today. It took a lot of hard work, courage, will, determination, discipline, patience, and faith. The next time you're feeling comfortable doing the same old routine, ask yourself, is that a good thing? <laughs> if we're always comfortable, we are probably not being stretched enough in our <laughs> comfort zone and not learning new things. Done here. I'm very thankful for the support of my wife on all my trips. He does travel with me to many of the fun cities, but chooses to stay home on other trips that she deems not as much fun. I usually try to get someone to stay with her overnight when I'm away. She's okay with being alone during the daytime, but she can fall in the middle of the night if she tries to go to the bathroom in a groggy state of mind. It has happened before a couple of times, so I don't want to risk it. And I have a recap at the end. It says, humans need to keep moving forward, progressing and learning. If you are not uncomfortable, you need to become so. Put yourself in uncomfortable positions. Park far from the store, etc. Fear of failure and fear of success can both be scary. Just do it and fear not. Always say yes to opportunities that arise, even if you don't know how to. Remember, Tony Robbins says, if you can't, you must. And that's a sample of just what's in that chapter. You know, I, I was reminded of Orson Welles. Remember, young kid, basically, compared to everybody else in Hollywood. And he makes this masterpiece, <laughs> Citizen Kane, <laughs> right? They teach you about this class in cinema class. Oh, yeah. Uh, be, and everyone says, oh, my God. That is a perfect, amazing movie. It's got everything in it. How in and the world so is many he gonna... innovations. Yeah, yeah. And how is he going to top that? Everyone said. He never did. <laughs> that was his claim to fame. Well, right? War of the Worlds too was. I mean. It... Yeah, that was clever. That was that was brave. Yeah. That but, was clever, um, but certainly not, uh, you know, the masterpiece. No, no, no. not a masterpiece. Uh, you know, people don't teach War of the Worlds in cinema class. No, and... I mean, in cinema class, when when I was, oh, God, I hate to tell you <laughs> when I was in school. Um, I love that class. It was, it was well before uh, Raging Bull or The Godfather mm. or, you know, any of the things that are considered some of the greatest films ever made um, and it was considered the greatest film ever made and this 
it's probably number two up there to this day. Yeah, um, I agree. I watched with, it the other day as well, and I watched. Um, it's a great uh, movie. Or, uh, 1984, right? Um, because I don't think I ever really saw it all from beginning to end, you know, just bits and pieces of it. And everyone talks about, you know, we're coming closer and closer to uh, Orwellian times. Orwellian and, times? And I yeah, looked but at you got to read the, was, was reading the book is more than the movie. Really? And oh, how definitely. Well, for one thing, it's a book. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. different than a movie. I think, um, for the most part, when you when you read the book, there's a lot more in there than in in a film. Just think of the amount of time. Yeah. It's it's, it's not a matter of economy of words. It's just a matter of how yeah. much you can put in there. Did you ever read The Godfather? No, I'm not much of a reader. <laughs> My parents didn't force me to read when I was younger. Shame on them. I but mean, I enjoy God. reading good books. If it's really interesting, uh, I enjoy it. But um, And I realized I didn't, never did well in history, but I realized I love history. And I can I love pick history. up you – know, my, my daughter used to bring home her history textbook, and I would just thumb through it, and I said, oh, my God. You know, obviously, I didn't pay attention in class because it's like I've been reading it for the first time, and um, I do love history. And my we film ha- producer we have to learn from history. Yes, he who does not learn from history is destined to repeat it. Exactly. And I learned from my film producer that um, he is talking to uh, the people in Palm Springs who uh, offer grants for documentaries and stuff. And he's very close to getting a grant for Wonderful. his uh, work. So he knew he can get financing now because he's got like 25 hours and he just thinks it's a great work of art. I have no idea, uh, you know, because I'm not that kind of a person to <laughs> to put a film together. You you probably are. But he's uh, he's very motivated, and that's a good thing. As long as he's motivated, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Let's it's take a, a sort. Job. Yeah, oh, it, it's all editing practically now. He did the hard work. No, he did the easy work. Now he's got to do the hard work. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Our featured speaker is a best-selling author who has written numerous books and articles. He's a speaker, life coach, and host of Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program. He frequently appears on television and radio shows all across the country and has even shared the stage with Suzanne Summers at Harvard. But his most important role is caregiver to his beautiful wife, Charlene, for over 22 years. Please welcome Mr. Dave Nassani! I want to share with you a love story. In a couple of weeks, my wife and I will be celebrating 44 years of being together. My wife, Charlene, and I had a fairy tale, storybook, romance, courtship, and marriage for the first 21 years of our lives together. One day out of nowhere, my wife has a headache, the headache of her life. She suffered a massive stroke, and it left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on the right side. And in that moment, our world turned upside down. i got to tell you, the next two years was like a living hell. I just just didn't know what to do. do. I felt guilty most of the time. I became a caregiver. I didn't even know what a caregiver was. I was experiencing the same problems that other caregivers experienced. If you don't take care of you, I can't take care of her. That's why I wrote the book. Now I can teach other caregivers. I'm living proof that you can thrive as a caregiver. My wife and I travel now 
all over the world sharing our story. One day, life is going to call upon you to be the captain of your boat. Heck, you might be saving your own life. Thank you. Yeah. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, who's <laughs> Who has a smile like she swallowed the canary? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had um, you know cataract surgery last week. Yes, and we, we thought about you. We didn't know if uh, I sent you a amazing. link just in case you wanted to listen. I know you couldn't like see. <laughs> How did it go? It's how many fingers am I holding up? I can I can even tell you with my glasses. I can tell. <laughs> you look so uh, different without glasses. Do that again. Color. Do that what? again. You look so different oh, without the bags glasses. bags under yeah, my yeah. eyes. I have no makeup on. No, take them totally off. I want to see. You know, I almost wouldn't recognize you. The, I the know. glasses I'm, are like I'm a def- George Burns. They're uh, my, they're my trademark. Yeah. They're so... <laughs> they, they're so uh, What's the definitive. word? I, I say, yes, that's the word. I was going to say profound, but definitive, right? George Burns and uh, a few other people. A few other people. A few other people. But I don't smoke cigars. Groucho. Groucho was his mustache. Uh, and Sal Jesse Raphael. And the thing is, I have these glasses in clear red, like Sally Jesse Raphael. Right, right. But... When somebody said, oh, they're red like Sally Jesse Raphael, I think I put them in the drawer for a year. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of colors, don't you? How many colors you got? Six. Six. Six or Six seven, colors. which means that after I have my other eye done on December 15th, which is also oh. a Tuesday, um. December 15th, I'll I will down. have to have the lenses changed in <laughs> all of my glasses. December 15th. I hope that's not when uh, Dr. S- uh, Siegel's going to be on. Let me see. December 15th. No, you're safe. Oh, he says okay. he's going to be on. Uh, oh, no. Um, he said he could only do Fridays. That's what it was. Oh. So I put him down for um, the 11th, December 11th. So if you can... Come on, that'd be awesome on uh, Friday. And I think I've got him down at um, 4.30, his time, Eastern time. December 11th. 11th, Friday the 11th, not the 13th. And that's uh, 4.30 Eastern. Yeah, I can. Are you free? Yes, I am. That's before your cataract surgery, so you're good. Yeah. All right. Now we just have to hope he shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I need to uh, start um, finding some more guests. So if anybody on here knows who would be a great uh, guest, we had a whole year's worth of guests uh, that we got from the and then we had COVID. Year, about a year and a half. And uh, I get a lot of requests from my website as well. There's probably a year's worth of that and uh, six months somewhere else. And now um, it all dried up. I wonder if it's because of COVID or what have you, but I need to get on the horn and find people to interview on my show. I don't want to start interviewing them all over again. Uh, I could easily do that, but... Oh, there are some of them that... 
yeah, some some I've remain done. Remain evergreen, right? yeah. All right. So what? Uh, you're not a caregiver anymore. I know we've talked. I just about care that. give caregivers. You're the caregivers caregiver, just like me. Well, so that's yeah, but how, you're still a caregiver. That's true. I may be a caregiver again. Who knows? I to will maybe your boyfriend, perhaps. Maybe. Or well, he might be I, yours. Exactly. Which he, he already has, has been. been. Yeah. He has been. You're so fortunate to both be in the same city together, and uh, kind of fate brought you together because he can't go home anymore, right? Right. Doesn't want to, but. Uh, well, <laughs> not with the rates going up the way they are. And which rates? The plane L rates? COVID rate. Oh, the COVID rates. You know, can we talk about that for a minute? Sure. Because I, um, I keep hearing, yes, the cases are going up, but the death rates as a percentage of the cases are going way down. It's still 0.99-something percent. Uh, gosh, you don't want to get it. You want to take that chance? You you want to be the one to find saying. out whether or not you're one <laughs> of the... I'm just saying, if if we get it, uh, you're you're probably going to live, right? It's Me? not likely no. anybody. Me? No, I probably wouldn't. You wouldn't what? Live. Because I have pre-existing conditions. You have an asthma condition or something, right? No, I have COPD. COPD. I okay. have something called bronchiectasis. And that's what it attacks. It attacks your lungs and. And the uh, thing is. When people come out who recover, one of their after effects is what my condition is, which is a scarring of the lung tissue. Yeah, pneumonia scars your lungs too, doesn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, my wife uh, had a pneumonia when she was very, very young, and now whenever she gets sick, it's like it goes right down in there, and she has this oh, yeah. uh, uh, this cough. It's terrible. For like weeks, you know. And so we we always try to keep her healthy. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Dave Nasani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled "It's My Life Too: Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver." It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Got to make a book trailer now for the, uh, for the new book. And we're back. <laughs> yeah. On the Caregiver Dave Show with Dave Nassani and Adrian Gruberg. We are both caregivers to caregivers and to my wife. And to anyway. your wife. Well, I, I get flu shots and I get pneumonia shots yeah, and I, I don't. got a, you know, um, 
uh, shingles shot, and I, I, I do it. Do because you ever get sick from the shot? Because they're giving you a virus. I know it's supposed to be a dead virus, yes. but a virus is a virus. Yeah. And how long do you um, get sick? No, I've never really had a reaction to a shot. All right. Let's uh, let's read something from. Let's see here. Relational. Okay. Here's a good one. <laughs> Don't talk politics. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, I've got, I've got a cousin. She and her husband can't talk politics. Don't talk politics or religion. Don't talk politics. Please don't talk <laughs> politics with anybody you like, <laughs> especially uh, anybody you hate or anybody you don't know. That should cover about everybody. <laughs> Americans are so divided politically these days, and it's only going to get worse. You're probably not going to change anybody's mind, and it's not likely they're going to change your mind. I know people who have been friends 30 or 40 years, but because of politics, they have recently ended their friendships. When you're old and reflecting on your life, you will only remember who is there holding your hand, supporting you, helping you, and loving you. You won't remember the politicians and their views on gun control or abortion. So please, 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 I know it's hard, but please don't discuss politics. And maybe you shouldn't even discuss religion with anyone. Growing up, I remember we were told not to discuss politics or religion. Those are two topics that can actually start a fistfight these days. People are just so passionate about their politics and their religion, it's not worth losing friendships or raising your blood pressure over. Remember back in the good old days of TV, you never knew which anchor or reporter or sports figure, Democrat or Republican, did a secret, and maybe we should too. Do your opening, no, do your opening. That should say voting. They didn't catch that. Do your voting <laughs> at the ballot box. Uh -huh, uh, there I you hate go. these typos. I mean, so many times um, I'll publish a book, I'll go through it with a fine-tooth comb, and I'll right. open it, open the book up, and it'll, the first page I turn to, I see there's a big old fat typo just saying, nah, 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 nah you missed Absolutely. me. Absolutely. All it, right. And even I so find in other people's books. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad I caught this one. Good. Um, what, what page is that? Let me write that down. I remember back in the good old days of TV, we never knew which anchor reporter was a Democrat or Republican. Kept it a secret. Do your voting at the ballot box. If there are more of them than there are of you, great. If vice versa, great. Don't be a sore loser. Don't get violent. This is America. We've always changed governments every four to eight years without a shot being fired. But at the rate it's going these days, I'm not sure it can continue. I fear for our republic. I know God allows whoever wins the election to win. The Bible says he raises up kings and he removes kings. Whoever is in the White House, God allowed that person to be there for whatever reason. Elections have consequences. We all deserve the government we get especially if only 40 to 60% of eligible voters get out to vote. That means that if those complacent voters ever get energized, it will dramatically change the outcome of the next election. It's all in the hands of the voter.
The party that the voters elect will decide who occupies the White House, both chambers of Congress, and the Supreme Court, as well as the taxes we pay and any freedoms we may gain or lose in the name of the national security. Edmund Burke once said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I don't know who would even want to serve our country anymore, except criminals and crooks. It costs millions and millions of dollars to run for an office that pays $150,000 a year. Does that concern you? That someone would pay 100 times their salary to make 150000 Maybe we need to implement mandatory term limits to encourage part-time public servants instead of career politicians. There is a lot wrong with the current process of special interest money hijacking the loyalties of our elected representatives. But until more honest Americans get involved in the political process, our career politicians will continue to be corrupt. We need more po people who are willing to take on the moral fortitude of the fictional character depicted in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. <laughs> Remember that movie? Whatever your political persuasion, you will alienate half of your friends, family, and clients by discussing it with them. Just love on everybody and vote. And then my recap, politics is a topic that will divide us into different camps, not bring us together. For that reason, don't discuss it with anyone. Keep your opinions to yourself. Most people cannot be tolerant of your opinion if it differs from theirs. They cannot agree to disagree. Just love people, then vote. Only 40 to 60% of eligible voters vote. Don't be one of the ones who don't. We all deserve the leaders we get. Well, well for oh my sure. gosh, look at the time. We've gone through a whole hour just talking. Yes, we have. Coffee talk. So coffee on talk. that note, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say goodbye abruptly, <laughs> but we have to go. So thank you everybody and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. One arm, one leg, one hundred words. Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships is about Charlene, a stroke survivor. Back in 1996, Charlene was a healthy, normal, very active 52-year-old woman whose amazing talents resemble that of both a Martha Stewart and a Wonder Woman. But all that changed when she suffered a massive stroke that left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on the right side. Who am I? My name is David. I've had the privilege of being Charlene's husband since 1975. We had a wonderful fairy tale, storybook like courtship that culminated in our marriage a year later. Charlene had just come out of a marriage where, after 10 years, she received two black eyes and a broken nose by her former husband when he came home high on speed. Charlene believed in no second chances of any kind for abuse, so she left. Finding herself all alone in the world with her five and ten-year-old daughters, Cynthia Lorraine and Deborah Lynn, she started raising them by herself for the next two years. Then fate brought us all together. After falling in love with Charlene, Cindy, and Debbie, our love then produced Rebecca Elizabeth. We had a wonderful, normal life for the next twenty years. But today, things are very different for everyone. How about the reaction of nine-time Grammy and Dev Award recipient godfather of contemporary gospel Christian music, Andre Crouch. Charlene just won't let the promises of God go, and she has not let her circumstances get in the way of her faith. She's not just a survivor, she's more than a conqueror, as the Bible states. You'll be encouraged by her testimony, regardless of what you're going through. Available everywhere. 
Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep. Breathing. 